William Phelps taught English literature at Yale for 41 years. One semester, shortly before Christmas, he was marking an examination paper and came across a student's note which said, God only knows the answer to this question. Merry Christmas. And Phelps returned the paper with this note, God gets an A, you get an F. (laughs) Happy New Year. God knows all, people say. God gets an A in everything. Some believe that God knows not only the past and the present, but also the future. Even Jesus, when asked by his disciples about the end times, he answered like this student at Yale, I don't know. Only my Father in heaven knows. For the rest of us, it's one among many mysteries. Since God is so far beyond our comprehension, a mystery to us, we seek descriptors that our minds can wrap themselves around. In both the Bible and in both of the Bible passages today, that descriptor is a cloud. The mystery of God is a divine cloud covering Mount Sinai, and then later another high mountain, perhaps Mount Tabor. It is a bright cloud overshadowing three divine figures and three disciples. Much of our lives are lived outside the cloud when things are fairly obvious. Flipping on a light switch means the room will brighten. People's actions generally make sense if you know enough about their backgrounds. An election year will bring yard signs and commercials, just as Middle East conflict will bring higher gas prices. Sometimes, though, a cloud overshadows us. The cloud descends in the form of unmet expectations, a painful conversation, or grief over any type of loss or suffering. Some of you have heard or seen on our prayer list that we are praying for Jeff and Lynn Litchfield Divers, who are former members of Calvary. They have a nine-year-old daughter who has just begun undergoing chemotherapy for bone cancer. Lynn has been writing an online journal and gave me permission to share these thoughts with you this morning. I'm not using her daughter's name. But she, Lynn, Lynn writes, she again asked me last night, why me? There's no theological or rational reason for this. I don't believe in a God who gives children cancer under any circumstances. I do believe in a God who is with us through it, who will never leave us or forsake us, even if it feels that way. I believe in a God that somehow can use tragedies like these if we give them over to God to use. Why her? I hope that one day she'll develop her own answer to that question to help get her through. In the meantime, I answer honestly, no one knows, but it isn't your fault. I appreciated Lynn's honesty there, and I think that 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 helps us. 
No one knows why there is such pain in the world. No one knows why some people think they are better and more righteous than others. No one knows why good things happen to bad people and vice versa. There are so many cloud-like mysteries. An inquisitive little boy asked his mother, when a cow laughs, does milk come out of its nose? It's a mystery. Sometimes the cloud descends on us, and other times we are invited into the cloud. In Exodus, the Lord called to Moses out of the cloud. And to Moses, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain. A devouring fire inviting Moses inside. Now there's an image for us. Sometimes life feels like that, doesn't it? A devouring fire inviting us within. How do you think Moses felt about stepping out of daylight into the murky cloud? Wouldn't most of us be scared? And yet at the same time, there's some curiosity, too. We wonder what we would discover inside that cloud if we found the courage to enter it. The message Moses receives in the cloud on Mount Sinai teaches how the people called Israel will relate to God. A thousand or so years later, when Jesus takes three disciples up a high mountain, the cloud defines a new way to relate to God. Just prior to this passage, and we're told that it was six days earlier, Jesus had asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they responded, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, and then he gets to the heart of the matter, But who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. This is the Christological confession, not confection, (laughs) though it is sweet in a way, but it's the, the Christological confession is what it's called theologically. You are the Christ. He is confessing, Peter is confessing that Jesus is the anointed one. It's a recognition of who Jesus is. First time in the gospel. Six days later, you can think of other things that happened in six days. Moses waited on the mountain for six days. God created the world in six days. So on the Sabbath day, the seventh day, Jesus takes his disciples up the mountain and God radiates from Jesus like a divine Chinese lantern. The cloud rolls in then just as Peter is trying to, in a babbling way, make sense of the vision of Elijah and Moses talking with their friend and mentor. And the combination of the powerful light illuminated, illuminating Jesus' divine nature from within And then the powerful voice that they hear from the bright cloud that has overshadowed them from without, reminding them of Jesus' belovedness, commanding them to listen to him. These were powerful. Powerful enough to make the disciples hit the deck in fear. But the next verse is beautiful. But Jesus came and touched them, 
saying, Get up and do not be afraid. Whether we have entered the cloud intentionally or have been going through the routines of life and the cloud has simply overshadowed us, Jesus also comes to us inside the cloud and touches us and says, Get up and do not be afraid. Conquering our fears is a constant challenge. Whether we're five years old and scared of monsters under the bed or much older and scared of monsters like grief or debt or rejection. Even to us, Jesus comes and says, Get up and do not be afraid. Fearlessly, then, we approach the table of communion. It also is a mystery. For some, the Lord's Supper enables a connection with God that brings them to tears. For some, the full bread plate reminds us of the the abundance of God's love and mercy. For some, this table connects us to other followers of Jesus through time and space who have gone through extreme suffering just like Jesus was getting ready to do. And it gives us courage to face our own fears and expect God to triumph in us as well. So today, embrace the mystery of this table. As you imagine the light emanating from Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration, Imagine the divine light that he leaves with us through this bread, through this juice, entering you as you take that light within, through bread, through juice, reminders of the body and blood that Jesus gave as a sacrifice of love and grace for each of us. May we pray. God of love, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive these gifts of bread and juice, reminders of the body and blood of Jesus Christ that he sacrificed for us. Help us to entrust ourselves to you. Help us to embrace that mystery and to know that just as Jesus was your beloved child, We are your beloved children, and let that be enough. Amen.